Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. You know, there's an epidemic of negativism in the world, not in this church. Come on, let's get this right. I think we have a beautiful, faith-filled environment, which we always need to guard. You need to guard environments in your, in your world, in your marriage, to create environments in your family, that, that you're guarding certain atmospheres. One of those atmospheres is being faithful, being positive. It's actually really easy to be negative. Uh, and, and we're in a world that's negative about so much. Like It, it seems like the whole world is, is going down the chute if you listen to somebody, some people. Uh, uh, but the truth is there's a whole lot of good stuff happening. There's a whole lot of good stuff. You, you talk to Pastor Mariana and, and Pastor Eric and you see in the world, you, you, know, you, you talk to the Ubre family, which I encourage you, and you see that there's good people doing amazing things in the world. You're a part of, of, of good things. You're a part of this church. The hand of God upon, is upon your life. There's good things happening in the world. And so we're continuing around this thought about stay positive. I really thought about this because it's a beautiful time of year to be reminded of these things. Before you think this is just some new age thinking, now you've got to understand something. It's very powerful to understand this, that it's not just about being optimistic based on how I feel, but it's being optimistic based on what God says. Uh, where's my Bible? You see this book here is an optimistic book. It's an optimistic book. There's glory, there is faith, there is hope, there is vision, there is life, there's healing, there is joy, there is peace. In this book, that might be blowing some of your mind. You thought, oh, I was going to come and get beat up by the Bible. Oh, my goodness, this is not a behavior modification book. This is life source. This is like, this is like a life. You're connecting to a vine that will never run out of nutrients, will never run out of life source. It's the, the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine. My father is the gardener. You connect with me. You remain in me. You will bear much fruit and fruit that will remain. You see, this book is a book of life. Come on, somebody say Amen. And so that's what we're talking about today, about staying optimistics. Uh, optimistics? Optimistic. That's plural. For all of us. I was thinking about this week, about two birds. <laughs> Hummingbird and a vulture. Both birds. They're drawn to two very different things. The hummingbird is drawn to things that are bright and sweet. But the vulture, you've seen those cartoons, will circle around things that are dying or dead. And the thought came across my mind is what we choose and position our lives to be. Either a hummingbird that actually chooses sweetness to speak sweetness, to, to, to live in sweetness, or to be kind of vultures that are circling around negativity, doubt, or fears, you see. See, this is very significant. Proverbs 11.27 says that if you search for good, you'll find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. In other words, if you're kind of a hummingbird, you know what? You're going to find it. You're going to find sweetness. If we're vultures, can, can, I, can I say it in first person rather than to you? If I am a person that is circling around negativity and doubt and things that are dying, you know what? I'm going to find it every time. 
Uh, you can do that in your marriage. You can do that in a church. You can do that in your own life. But we can choose to be those kind of people like a hummingbird that sees sweetness, that is attracted to sweetness. If you have searched for evil, it will find you. I mean, we want to stay optimistic. Can I hear a good amen? Uh, the points today that I'm taking are actually from the book of Romans. The book of Romans is a significant book. Uh, it, it was actually funny enough by the Apostle Paul was written to a group of Christians living in Rome. That's why it was called Romans. The book of Romans is written to a group of people that were living in Rome. You've got to understand these group of Christians were actually under this harsh dictator, Emperor Nero, who, who was this psychopath. He was a psychopath, ended up uh, ending his own life. He was so psychotic in his oppression, particularly when it came to uh, you, you know, persecuting Jewish people. He kicked them out and then Jewish people that became Christians. He, he had great persecution against all those groups of people. I mean, you've seen the movies. You've seen Gladiator. You've seen how you know, Christians were, were, were potentially thrown to lions. You've seen how Christians were potentially thrown, you know, burnt at the stake because of their faith. And so this is the group of people that the Apostle Paul is writing to, okay? And so you've got to understand this book is described as the gospel of grace and glory. Grace and glory. And so he's re writing this book. To this group of Christians that are just like, you know, we followed Jesus, we've received him. Now we're in the middle of this persecution, but we know what he's done in our lives is so real. And this book that is about God's grace and how it just doesn't end you in grace. I'll keep you in grace, but it's a glorious life. Our points today are from chapter 8, which is right in the middle of the book of Romans, which is so significant because our points today are around optimism and about being optimistic. Now, when I studied this, I found like well over 20 points around being optimistic. And if I preached all 20 points to you today, you wouldn't be so optimistic about this message. So I'm going to see how my time goes on. Oh, there's no time. Awesome. I've got all day. I'm going to see how, how my time goes in the next few, few while to try to get to about eight and we'll go really quick. I'm going to like go on machine gun and I just want to encourage you today in the word of God to stay optimistic. Here's the first thought today is this. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven. Therefore, Romans 1, 8. One to two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for th those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Today, if you are a Christian, if you've called on Him, you are forgiven. You are forgiven of a lot of things. Uh, you can be optimistic today because your sins are taken, your sins are forgiven, and your eternity is secure. Second point, I told you I'm going to go like a machine gun today. Number two is Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. That scripture, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That word interceding is a really you know, special word for praying. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. 
and, and the right hand is really significant. Right hand means, hey, this person has authority. This person has the shared honor and dignity. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And you know what? He's praying. He is interceding on our behalf today. I don't know whether you've ever had somebody really spiritual pray for you. You've had Pastor Barbara come and pray for you. You've had Pastor Julia, Pastor Lorette pray for you. I mean, you just can hear the angels singing, you know, you know when they're praying. And you're just like, ah, oh, beam me up. You know, it's just like glorious. You see the angel appear. You hear the, I mean, it's just a spiritual, beautiful experience. I'm not actually mocking them. I, I, I just think it's beautiful to have beautiful women of God in our church. They're so godly, so God-fearing, that bring an anointing upon them. But here's the truth. Sometimes they're praying. So, oh, God, this is just a beautiful moment. They're prophesying. They're speaking truth. It's a beautiful thing. Do you know Jesus is praying for you? Interceding, standing in your behalf. Standing in your behalf. He's praying for you. He's probably calling you by name. He's saying, Father, Alan needs some help now. Alan needs some strength. He's been covered. He's been covered in the blood of Jesus. And I'm just, I'm standing in his stead right now. And you come and work in his life in a powerful way. God is interceding. You can be optimistic today. Say, nobody's praying for me. You know what? Jesus is praying for you. I think that's a pretty cool thing. And he has the ear of God. He has the attention of God. Number three, my future victory is greater than my present pain. My future, say victory. victory. Everyone say victory. Victory. My future victory, each one of you are victorious, is greater than my presence, my present pain. The Apostle Paul said, I consider that our present suffering, sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, if anybody else said that and I didn't know what he was talking about, I was like, oh, yeah, right, mate. Come on. You don't know what I'm going through. But this is the Apostle Paul. He went through some serious stuff. He was beaten three times, shipwrecked three times. He was flogged. He was stoned. And I don't mean like how some people around here would think of stoned. Um, but he was stoned with rocks. Jimmy. He was laughing at that one. He was about the only one. He was in prison several times for his faith. He was stripped naked and paraded his... Uh, mocked, ridiculed. And so he's saying these words, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing. Either he's minimizing pain or he's saying how glorious is our future. And that's what he's saying with the glory that will be revealed in us. There's a glory. There's a glorious future for each one of us that will be revealed in us. James, another apostle, said this, I can consider it pure joy when I face trial. Wow. Pure joy. Are you serious? Because the testing of faith produces perseverance and then goes on to mature us and we lack nothing. It's not even worth comparing to the glory. You've got to ask what you're going through. How is God making this? How God, what is God doing in this to conform me, make me like Jesus, because he's doing something incredible. Fourth point, everyone say fourth point. My mind is filled with the, the peace of God. Oh, come on, you receive this point today if you need this today. 
this is what the Apostle Paul said. Remember who he's writing to. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and what? And peace. I love that word. That word governed there is very significant because it's governed, a mind that is governed, that is controlled by the Spirit of God. God's kingdom is not a democracy. We don't get some year and Jesus gets voted off the throne. It's like, oh, you know, the, the nationals took the throne this year, whatever party Jesus belongs to. It, it, it's actually a kingdom. It's a kingdom and there's a king. We could be worried uh, around somebody being a harsh, if, if, if our king was a harsh dictator, but he's not. He's loving Heavenly Father. In any kingdom, the king brings his rule, his ownership, his decrees, his values, his virtues to that kingdom. Can I get a good amen? And our king is a wonderful king. In fact, Jesus is described as the prince of peace. And so when he is governing our lives, when he's king of our lives, we can expect and believe that the value and the ideals of this kingdom that belongs to Jesus is one of peace. And we can say, you know what? This is not my life. This is not my future. Jesus has Peace for my heart, peace for my mind that goes beyond all understanding. My mind is filled with the peace of God. You can be optimistic no matter what you're going through. You say, are you minimizing what I'm going through? No, I'm maximizing the goodness of Jesus Christ, that nothing is impossible for God, that He can do all things in your life, that He is powerful, that He is strong, that He is able, that He's kinder than what you know, that He's generous, that He's compassionate, that He's merciful to the thousandth generation, that He hasn't let you go, that he, he, you're in His mind, you're the focus of His attention, you're the, you're the focus of His passion, you're not, he's not only on your side, he's by your side. Can I hear a good amen today? Fifth point right here. If God is for me, you finish it. Okay, if you don't know the scripture, can you please, can you please grab this one, take it to heart. If God is for me, everyone finish it with me. Who can be against me? You know the scripture, Romans 8.32, if God is for us. Who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Now you've got to think about, once again, the people that Paul was speaking to. He was speaking to Christians that were being charged for their faith. So in a very real way, there was a whole lot of people that were against them. No less the most uh, powerful regime that had ruled possibly the world up until that point, the Roman Empire, were pressing against these Christians. And here's Paul saying, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can bring a charge against you? Now, they might charge you for being a Christian because you might be saying, you know what, there's people against me right now. You know, they've mocked me. Uh, they've betrayed me. They've, they've stabbed me in the back. I know some that is against me right now. You might be saying someone doesn't like you. Uh, they've shot you down. But I want to remind you today. I want to remind you, who can bring a charge against you? Because if God has said to, over your life and over your future, this person is free, they're innocent, there's no charge laid against them. If God is for us, then who in comparison can come against us in Jesus' mighty name? This is where the pastor looks up and says, how many points is he going to fit in? Number six, God's Spirit helps me in weakness. He helps me in weakness. Who, who hopes for what they already have? 
But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, watch this, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I just love this. I, I think if there's any major story over my life, it'd be the sense of, you know what, I just gave my weakness to the Lord and He just kept on bringing strength upon strength upon strength upon strength. Like you have always felt overwhelmed with what God has called me into, whether it be raising kids, being a dad, being a pastor, being a leader, always overwhelmed, but God says, you know what, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. What a beautiful thing today that wherever you feel you are weak, God has strength for you. And you know what? It's custom fit. It's designed. It's made perfect. That's those words in Corinthians. It's made perfect. It's custom fit. Just like a suit is made, tailor-made for you. It's not like strength, strength, strength. It's all the same. No, it's got a special strength for you, Lorette. Special strength for you, Emma. Special strength for you, Roger, Julie, and Jess. Got a special strength. Are you willing to say, you know what? He has a strength for my weakness today. I can step through the sense of inability and feeling underneath and saying, you know what? Where I'm weak, then I am strong in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seventh point, God's working everything in my life for good. And we know that in all things, say in all things. God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. In fact, you look into this. You know what the Apostle Paul is actually saying? He's saying he's weaving something. You look into the context of this is that the language is about weaving, that God is going to work and He's weaving things together. If you just took that thread by, that thread by itself, it looked ugly, it looked brown, it looked mediocre, maybe even old, and you think, how could God do anything like this? But God is so faithful. Yeah. <laughs> God is so good that He just weaves it together to make this tapestry in your life. Yeah. So how can God use this? He's weaving. He's working. Will you trust him with the working? Don't judge that he's finished because he hasn't finished. If it hasn't turned out good yet, he hasn't finished. He's still working. And he works all things together for good. The, the tapestry that he's doing, the masterpiece that he's doing in your life. Even in brokenness and pain, come on somebody. Even in brokenness and hurt and, and feeling abandoned, saying, God, I'm giving this to you because I believe that in all things, you're working together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And you watch what he does. You watch what he does, friend, in your life, in your future. God is greater than you what you know in Jesus' name. Here's the last point I I think, yes, it is. Number eight. Can you handle one more? <laughs> what do you reckon it is? Nothing can separate me from the love of our God. The love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's unending. It's never giving up. It's always and forever. His love towards you. Some of you need to be reminded of that today. You thought you outlasted. His love it was like a game of Survivor and you just did too much, too bad. And Jesus said, I'm out, man. I'm out. His love prevails for you. You know, because of Jesus, he's smiling on you today. <laughs> there it is. There's a message right there. That's the message. It's saying that God is smiling on you. We receive that, Jesus. I wonder if it's an email or a message. What I want to know is, does Jesus email? <laughs> Jesus is smiling on you. I've been talking about me, but I wonder if you're willing just to receive this into your own life, that your sins are forgiven. 
that your eternity is secure. That Jesus is at the right hand praying for you. That your mind is filled with the peace of God. That your victory is greater than your present pain. That God, if God is for you, who can be against you? That God's spirit helps you in your weakness. That God is working everything for good in your life. And nothing can ever separate you from the love of Jesus. Why don't you stand your feet across this place? Come on, as you do, I want you to stand with purpose. And if you can, throw both hands towards heaven. Today, you just want to have a greater sense of optimism and faith that only God by His Spirit can bring into your life. I want you to raise both hands towards heaven and just reach out to Him today. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've walked through. And he also knows what he wants to do in your life. And he wants a fresh work, a liberating, a freeing work in your heart today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're working. Father, for every heart right now, for every life in this place today, reaching out to you, we need to be reminded, even from one chapter of the Bible, eight points, Father, of your goodness towards us. May faith fill our hearts for what you have right now and in the future. Lord God, from the youngest to the eldest that have responded to you today, Father, with their, uh, their hearts open to you, we declare and decree, Father, just a new sense of your presence and of your closeness. We pray a fresh touch from heaven, God, for all that they're stepping into now and in the future. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree upon that, say amen. Well, heads about and eyes are closed today. Yeah, go on. You want to give Jesus a hand clap. Go on ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Thank you, Jesus. Well, heads about and eyes are closed in a special moment. I want nobody moving around in these moments. Why would you say that? Because these moments probably the high point of a whole meeting. Why are they the high points? Because it's a moment where you us together if we've never made peace with God we've never surrendered our heart to Jesus and allowed Him to enter our world and our heart this is the moment that you can it's not through a fancy prayer it's not through doing the right things but it's just through your heart being open and only you can do that the door of your heart is opened from the inside out I can't bang it open neither can Jesus what I, do, what I do want you to know is that He's standing at the door of your heart and He's knocking. He's knocking and He's asking. And He's saying, you know what? I've done everything that's required for you to step into an open personal relationship with the Creator of the cosmos. All you need to do is open the door of your heart and believe that what Jesus did, He did for you. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed today. I want to give people a, a public opportunity to say yes to Jesus. To confess Him as your Saviour today. To receive Him into your life. Say, what must I do to be saved? You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You openly confess Him as Lord. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity, opportunity to raise your hand and say, Yes, Jono, today I want to receive Jesus. You might be saying, you might be pushing back and saying, you know what, I'm not religious enough. I, I haven't done enough. Yeah, you know what, it's all been done for you. You just receive the goodness of Jesus. That's why it's called grace. It's a gift. 
That's why the, the, the old time hymn writer wrote the words, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saves somebody like me. He could see in his own life, he was dark on the inside, but it was only through the gift of grace, of undeserved love, received into his life. The old time hymn writer had a revelation that it was grace that saved him. It was a gift that was given freely and undeserved. Today, friend, I want to ask you, have you received that gift of life? Have you received Jesus? Because in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, yes, Jono, today, I want to receive Jesus. And I want to receive life in this place. Maybe it's just been a long time for you and you know that you have walked away. Maybe not even intentionally, but you've drifted away from the love of Jesus. Today is a day where you just step across the line. Don't warm back into God. Don't try to earn you know, His love uh, because His love is for you. Just receive it. Uh, and also, if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand in a moment to say, you know what, I'm, I'm jumping back in. I'm jumping back in. Not a toe, not just my ankle. Uh, I'm jumping right back in. The goodness of God. That's you across this place. I want to be the only one looking around right now because I want to know who I'm praying with today. I want you to raise your hand. Say, yes, John, I pray for me today. Pray for me. Come on, if that's you today, say, yes, John, I pray for me. I've been just dripping, dripping around the edges. I want to jump right in. Uh, giving my life to Jesus in a brand new way. Maybe the first time. First time in a long time. Why don't you raise your hand nice and high right now? Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. God's working in your heart. God's working in your heart. Don't run away from Him. Don't push Him away. Receive Him. You will never regret it. I want us all to put our hands upon our heart right now. Join with those today that open their hearts to Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer like it was our first time. Pray, dear Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. With my past, my present, my future, I give it to you. I lay it at your feet. I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. You rose again for me. That if I believed on you, I could be saved. And today, Jesus, I believe on you. Come into my life. Show me your plan, your purpose for my life. Come and be my Lord. My Savior and my friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Why don't we give those people a hand clap of praise and honor them? Wow, we celebrate with you. Woohoo! Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.